Glad to see all of you. <laughs> well, um, Jeremiah just preached my message, so <laughs> seriously. Um, I just want to share for a few minutes, kind of build on, on really what just happened um, this morning. If I have a title for the message, it's Fellowship and Friendship Makes the Heart Burn. Fellowship and Friendship Makes the Heart Burn. And go to Acts 2.42. As you're turning there and getting, that's going to be our launching text. I just want to share for a few minutes. I, you know, really what took place this morning is really what the Lord is wanting to continue to build, I believe, in this community and in our individual lives. You know, I know the past couple of weeks there's been this theme of, of the fire of God in our lives. We just came out of a conference called the Firebrands, and I believe the Lord is calling Heart of the Father to be, as I was praying this week, uh, to be called the Forge. God is calling this place to be a forge, which is the, is the blacksmith's workshop where you take metal or a weapon of metal and you melt it down and then begin to shape it out into weapons. And I believe even the school that's about to come is going to be the forge where weapons are going to begin to be forged in the fire of God and be sent out into the earth. And, and, and God is getting ready to raise up firebrands into this community. He's getting ready to send people from, I believe, all over the nations and all over the world to begin to come here and to be set ablaze for the glory of God and to be sent out into the earth but I believe as they're going to be sent here what's going to be key for them and even for our own lives is for us to have deep fellowship and deep friendship with one another God is wanting to take us into a deeper level of friendship, into a deeper level of fellowship with one another than we've ever been before. And uh, we're going to look in the text in a few minutes. Jeremiah actually quoted Hebrews 10. We're going to get there for a, in a minute. But I believe that there's an urgency in the hour as the days grow darker and as we're seeing uh, uh, you know, the enemy and we're seeing so much confusion in the earth right now in our culture and, and the attack through homosexuality and all of the different things that's coming against our culture and raging against the church we desperately need fellowship with one another we desperately need divine friendships where God begins to connect our heart together with one another that we can begin to walk this thing out, thing out together that we have accountability with one another as we are stewarding the fire of God in our lives you know, I just believe throughout the generations there have been pockets of believers that God has raised up and begin to forge in the place of community and family and friendships and God has used them to touch the earth. The Moravians are an example of that where God brought people into deep fellowship around the place of prayer and began to bring them into deep friendship and fellowship with Jesus being the common thread, prayer being the common thing and God birthed out of that a great movement of missions that began to touch the earth. And I believe that God, I'm, I'm, I, with all, I, I have so much confidence in depth, in the depths of my heart this morning, that the Lord is calling heart of the Father to touch the nations. Without, I am more confident. As I came here even Friday to see, I was only here for a little bit with Jess and just seeing the schools getting ready to launch. And I was, I was talking to, uh, I think it was Andrew, even later on that night. And just the excitement that you can feel even Barry, who's for 33 years, God has been preparing him and getting him ready for such a time as this. What's about to be released out? I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do something powerful in the earth. Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, God puts friends in our life, brothers in our life, 
to encourage us, to sharpen us. He puts people in our life to walk out this thing with the Lord that can begin to help sharpen our, our walk with the Lord, can help to forge us in our walk with the Lord. He puts friends in our life like iron sharpening iron. Friends help sharpen us in the Lord. Friends help, ex- help steward the fire of God in our life. I know for me, for example, Dean Williams is somebody who's been a good friend of mine. I've got a few stories I just want to share this morning with you in my own example. But Dean Williams is one friend that since 2013, we've been pretty close brothers. I can honestly say almost at least five days a week, we get on the phone together and we talk about the things of the Lord. Almost five, I can say at least five days a week, It might be 15 minutes, sometimes it's two hours, but we get on the phone and we talk about the things of the Lord. And and, and if I'm feeling myself cold or I'm going through something or I feel that flicker or or I feel disconnected from the Lord, as I get around Dean and we begin to converse with one another and have conversation about the things of the Lord, something begins to burn in me again. Something begins to kindle afresh inside of me. And I believe the Lord wants to put friends and brothers and sisters in our life that we can have somebody that we can call that we can go to the things of the Lord with and help steward that fire that's in our life I believe God wants to give us deep fellowship and deep friendship I believe it's the key to the fire of God continuing to continuing to burn in our life on the other on the opposite end I, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Brownsville School of Ministry and was a part of this mighty move of God that God did for seven or eight years and was able to go to the school of ministry there and I was in the midst of revival night after night encountering the Lord I saw people uh, you know shaking under the power of God I saw witches and warlocks come running to the altar I saw uh, you know Steve Hill night in and night out preach about sin and pe- preach about repentance and altars would be flooded all the nations of the world came there night after night I had the opportunity to sin under this and experience this and experience a great move of God I had many encounters myself while I was up there But shortly after graduating school and moving back home, you know, one thing that I, during that time of transition, and I moved back home, what I didn't have, what I had failed to really build deep in my life was deep friendship and deep fellowship. I had people that I went to school with, that I prayed with, that I encountered the Lord with, but it wasn't deep enough that it transcended or it carried on after school. And so when I moved back home and I was now in an environment that wasn't like Brownsville, and I didn't and, and, and I, I wasn't in the fires of revival every day, and then the storms and the challenges and the things of life came against me. I didn't have the brothers that we have in this community, the friends, the fathers that I have now in this community that can call you out on your stuff when needs to be called out can challenge you when needs to be challenged you can encourage you and say I'm cheering you on today I didn't have that then and as a result of that when the attacks came I easily fell by the wayside that's why this message is so important to me this morning I really believe had I had somebody in that time when I transitioned down here that was a close brother that I could have deep koinonia deep fellowship deep intimate fellowship with the Lord If I would have had a brother that I could call on daily and be able to fellowship with, I honestly believe I never would have fell off track. I honestly believe that it would have helped steward that fire 
that was in my life. And so I want to challenge us this morning as a community that let's not get familiar with the fire of God that's fallen in this place. Let's not get familiar with what the Lord's doing in this place. Let's not get used to what, what God's doing. Let's don't take each other for granted this morning, but let's understand that the Lord has called a community of believers here at Heart of the Father for such a time as this, and the Lord is using each other to help steward the fire that's deep in our heart. What the enemy wants to do is he wants to isolate us. He wants to get us to be loners. He wants to, he wants to tell us we don't need friends. We can do this on our own or we can handle this by ourselves, or, or all of the confusion. And oftentimes when he isolates us and gets us alone, that's when the enemy really begins to kick us in and really begins to do all the hurt and really begins to do the work on us that he wants to do on us. But I'm telling you, there are strength in numbers. God wants to begin to put people together. That's why he sent the disciples out in twos. There is strength in numbers. Guys, I'm telling you, I, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. The Lord is wanting it right now today to supernaturally begin to connect hearts together. And, and, I, don't be, and I, don't, I love what Jeremiah said before. I don't believe it's just with our own, our own age group. But the Lord wants to really, truly begin to connect us with fathers, with somebody who's walked this road out for 33 years and has endured hardships over and over and over like a good soldier that we can learn something from. I promise you, when it comes to your marriage, you're going to want to go to Barry before you come to me. He's walked through it faithfully year after year after year after year. But we need each other. We need the generations to come together and really unite. Jesus was our great example. He called us friends. Look at the example that Jesus lived with the disciples. He walked with them daily. He loved them. He washed the disciples' feet. He loved them dearly. He, John the Beloved would lay his head on Jesus' chest. There was deep, intimate fellowship with Jesus and the disciples. With his, with his disciples, he had deep koinonia. This is what we're about to read in Acts 2. This is where they got the example from was Jesus' life, how he lived among them when he was leading them and the disciples. So Acts chapter 2. It's a familiar text that we read a lot. In verse 42, it says, And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Let me read it again. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, we know this is right after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, right? We know that, that Jesus told them to go tarry in Jerusalem. And so they go 120 out of 500, a remnant says we believe what Jesus said we know that he's alive and we know that there are even greater things to come because he promised us that so we're going to go tarry in the place of prayer and intercession and begin to contend and wait in faith until that promise comes and so they begin to pray they begin to wait and then the Holy Spirit fell upon them and the Bible says it's even like cloven tongues of fire begin to rest on them and we know shortly after this outpouring of the Holy Spirit we have this text right here that the, this new that Peter comes out. He begins to preach the gospel with power. I believe not just Peter, but I believe many of them begin to step out of that upper room and begin to preach the word together in power. And over three thousand men, not including women and children, were instantly saved that day. And there were the there was this formation of the New Testament community. Fire was just freshly burning on their heart. And then we see in verse forty two, it says that they continually what devoted themselves 
themselves to the teaching or to the word. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They didn't just say it's something that we're going to potentially do. There was a devotion to fellowship. They knew that the, what was important, what was key for the fire that was burning in their heart that fell in the upper room that day, for that to continually be stewarded in their life, for the longevity of things to finish the race, to be faithful in the call, what was important is that they would be committed together to fellowship, that they would devote themselves to fellowship. That word devoted means to be faithful. Barry talked about it last week about being faithful. Faithfulness is connected to the fire. It's important that we are faithful in our walk, but we also have to be faithful to one another. They were devoted to the word. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to fellowship. Fellowship. Why were they so devoted to fellowship? Because they had a mutual bond, a mutual connection with Jesus Christ. Their bond wasn't something over a football team, which is okay. It wasn't something over a particular food that we like, which is okay. It wasn't over a particular movie or a club. This bond was over the resurrected Jesus who came and gave himself as an offering, who overcame death, hell, and the grave, and now sits at the right hand of the Father and was promising to return. That's what bonded them together. The power of Jesus that was alive before their eyes, that's what they had in common, and that's what was causing their hearts to come together in fellowship. They had something that the world doesn't have in common, a brotherhood. We hear it, a brotherhood in, the, in, in different things, in, 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 um, in colleges and football teams and the service and all these different things. There's a brotherhood there, and all those things are okay, but this is a type of brotherhood. This is a type of family that has eternal things, that's connected by our, our eternal Lord. This is a family that we're actually going to be connected for the rest of our lives for all of eternity. Again, I, I just, I'm reminded of just some testimonies. Again, I'm just reminded in the office, you know, having the opportunity to be work here for two and a half years and just the times that I've went into even Jeremiah's office as, you know, just what even happened this morning, that's not an accident that he got up here and began to prophesy about koinonia and fellowship. I don't know, obviously he's prophetic, and, and I understand that it comes natural for him, but the Lord is, there's a deep bond in our hearts, I believe. I believe there's a unity in our hearts as brothers. I believe there's a connection of Jeremiah as a leader, and even helping speak into my life. I believe there's a unity here in our hearts where he came, and he, he solidified what the Lord was breathing on in study today, and what I wanted to say in, to the community. I mean, that is what the Lord wants. He wants deep fellowship. He wants deep family where we can come together and where I begin to, maybe I begin to open up my mouth and share a particular verse and before I can finish it, somebody else can because there's such a deep bond, such a deep unity together. You know, I, I don't, how many times I've shared with many brothers in here that I've had the opportunity where we have talked about the things of the Lord. I'm reminded two weeks ago on a Sunday morning we were in the connections room and I think it was Philip and, and one other brother that we were in there and we just started talking about the Saturday night service and just some of the things that the Lord had been doing in our own life and we just started sharing the word and there was a there was a literal fire in my belly that I began to feel. I was so stirred up for the things of the Lord as we could begin to converse about the things of God. Something in me began to 
burn. I came in excited and I was glad to be here. But I'm telling you, after that conversation and then I came into the place of worship, there was something fresh burning in my heart. The Lord wants to connect us. He wants deep friendship, deep fellowship. The Acts Church made it a priority. This was one of the objectives for meeting together was to fellowship was to have deep, intimate, personal fellowship with Jesus together. So what is koinonia? When you begin to break it down, I just want to give a few things real quick. When you break it down, it means several things, but three things. Relationship, partnership, and companionship. When they were committed to fellowship, they were committed to relationship partnership and companionship the relationship is a divine friendship and fellowship that should be natural because of our common bond as i shared in christ go to first john 1 3 i'm going to start in verse one what was from the beginning what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we beheld and our hands he- handled concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Verse 3, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also that you also may have what? fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ what we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also that also you may have fellowship with us and then he goes on and he says what is that fellowship it's the fellowship that we have with the father and his son Jesus Christ This was the prayer of Jesus in John 17. He prayed, Father, I pray that that my people, that our people would be one as me and you are one. I pray that they would be one in us and they would be one together, that they would be united, that they would have deep fellowship like me and you have fellowship. Jesus demonstrated this for three and a half years as he walked with the disciples. He demonstrated this deep koinonia, this deep fellowship that he had with the Father. The Bible says that he often withdrew to pray, that he would continually be communing with the Father. He said things like when the disciples wanted to learn how to pray, he said, he said when you pray, pray in this way, our Father who art in heaven, Holy is your name. When you begin to pray, begin to magnify the Father, begin to encounter the Father. Why? Because there was this deep love and relationship that Jesus had with the Father. There was a deep unity, a deep fellowship. And John is saying here, in that same way that Jesus and the Father have deep, intimate fellowship, we too have fellowship because we are one with them as well. So relationship is part of, commu- is part of fellowship relationship our friendships are forged because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ together it's not over a church affiliation it's not based again on a sports team or our favorite food it's based upon that we are all sons and daughters of the most high God it is based upon that Jesus is our Lord and our King and this was John's heart his heart was that they would also have that same fellowship that others would partake 
in this. This should be our desire that our brothers and sisters would be able to also partake in the same fellowship that we're fellowshipping with the Lord. That we would want to naturally share of the encounters that we're having. It's only because of Jesus can we have this deep, intimate relationship today. We can't do it on our own. We can't make it happen. It cannot be supernatural. It cannot be the kind of fellowship that the Word talks about without it being grounded and rooted in Christ, being knitted together by Him. The second thing is partnership. Partnership. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We have a partnership together because of Christ. Because of our relationship together with Jesus, part of our fellowship together is that we have a partnership as well. And this is what it says in verse 23. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brethren, they are messengers of the churches. And glory to Christ. We have a partnership in the caring and the advancement of the kingdom of God. We are in partnership together. You and I have a responsibility to be the light to the world. Jesus calls us a city set upon the hill. We have a partnership here at Heart of the Father in this community together to partner with the things of heaven and to see the prayer, the desire that on earth as it is in heaven to be manifested in our city, to be manifested in individuals, to be manifested in our home, to be manifested in our life. We have a partnership with Christ in heaven to see his kingdom manifest. We have a responsibility together. See, our friendship, our fellowship together should cause our heart to burn with zeal and passion for God's kingdom to be advanced. Amen? Our, our partnership coming together, our fellowship with one another as God links our hearts together, there should be a zeal, there should be a fire, there should be a passion in our hearts knitted together to want to see God's kingdom come, to see His will done, to see His kingdom advanced. The Bible says that we are ministers, His ministers are a flame of fire. We know that John the Baptist was a burning lamp. God is raising up burning lamps in this community together that burn with the zeal of the Lord, that burn with the passion of the Lord to see souls saved. We know just a couple weeks ago, God is raising this house up to be a house of prayer and a house for the harvest. God is going to begin to partner us together to see the gospel advance, I'm telling you, like never before in power, and we're going to begin to burn for the lost. We're going to begin to have a zeal that we've never had before. And as we begin to share stories of three people got saved this week, as I was just being obedient something in our hearts going to come alive and we're going to begin to burn together to see God's kingdom advanced in Jesus name I believe he's going to begin to raise up pairs even even in this community where God's going to begin to call you specifically to go out in the community together and to begin to share the heartbeat of God, to begin to share about Jesus. It's not going to be necessarily anything planned. It's going to be organic as the Holy Spirit leads you. But as you go, God's going to begin to use you in power and begin to see his kingdom manifested. And the third thing is companionship. And this is the one I want to touch on just quickly. Companionship. So fellowship it is, we know it is relationship, it's partnership, and it's also companionship. This companionship, this is coming together. It's a, it's a sharing together. It's giving to others on a spiritual level what we have. 
there's a companionship that, come, that we come together that we begin to share what we have through the Word of God through prayer. There's a reason why we come together and we want to have deep fellowship. We want to have deep relationship. It's to encourage each other through the Word. It's to want to get into the Word. And as God begins to show us things, as God begins to give us revelation, as we steward His Word rightly, as we get into the place of prayer and He begins to speak to us, that we want to have companionship or communion with one another and that we begin to commune about the things of God together. How many have gotten together before with just a couple of people and had a prayer meeting or begin to get into the Word and something comes alive inside of you? God begins to burn inside of you. There's a zeal, there's a passion, there's a fire as you're saying, oh yeah, God showed me this and this Word meant this. and Oh, did you see how the Lord did that? Or God spoke to me during this in prayer. I'm telling you, this stuff isn't just something that has to happen every now and then. This can be a daily, weekly opportunity as we make a commitment to deep fellowship together. And God begins to steward that fire deep in our hearts. We see the example in Luke 24. This is a, a common scripture. In Luke 24, we see this is the road to Emmaus. We see this companionship. These two disciples walking together. And you can go back and read it later, but it's Luke 24, verses 13 through 32. We see that two disciples... Recently after Jesus' death and resurrection, they thought death were discouraged. They had come together. They were making this seven-mile walk to Emmaus. There was discouragement, yet there was still conversation about the Lord. As they began to converse about the Lord, Jesus drew near to them. As Jesus drew near to them, I believe this is a prophetic picture that as we begin to, even in our discouragement at times, converse about the Lord, we find that common unity and begin to share about the things of God in His Word and in prayer. Jesus is faithful to draw near. He's going to come. He's going to draw near. And as He did, they had an encounter with Jesus and we know that He began to share the Word with them, opened up the Scriptures with them. And we know that it went even further that there was something beginning to stir in them as they had fellowship and companionship together that there was a desire for more intimate and even deeper fellowship that as Jesus made this desire to go on it's almost like they held him and grabbed him and said no you're not going anywhere we want more God we want deeper fellowship with you and they brought him into the house with them sitting at a table and it was through the breaking of bread it says that their eyes were opened and then Jesus vanished and they said did our hearts not burn within us did our hearts? I believe that it was because of their commitment to not just the walk, but to bring him in to the house to deeper fellowship, that there was something reserved on the other side of intimacy that would not have been unlocked. And as they invited him into the place of the table, there was the breaking of bread. There was a familiarity in a good way that day of saying, yes, I remember this. This is how Jesus was. He would bring us into deep koinonia, deep fellowship, and he would break bread with us and have deep fellowship. And that's what opened their eyes up. It was was the remembering of the deep fellowship, the deep communion, the deep intimacy that they had with Jesus that opened their eyes up and there was a fire that began to burn fresh in their hearts again. And there was a communing together on the road to Emmaus that day. In spite, I want to encourage you today, in spite of the discouragement, in spite of the pain, in spite of the rejection or whatever it is that you're going through today, if you'll just keep walking, if you'll just keep pressing, if you'll just keep heading forward, and you will find somebody who you can share about the things of the Lord with in the middle of your distress, in the middle of your hurt, in the middle of your pain, Jesus is going to manifest himself in a powerful way and begin to break chains and bring healing in Jesus' name. 
telling you, on the other side of communion, there's a deep, intimate revelation of who Jesus is. On the other side of fellowship, there's a deep revelation. There is a stewarding of the fire of God that's on the other side of us committing one to another. I'm telling you, the days of us being loners and just doing things by ourselves are over. We've got to begin to come into deep fellowship with one another. We've got to begin to steward each other's fire. Go with me to Hebrews 10. I want to, this is going to be probably my last text, but this is what I really feel the unction of the Lord on as well. In Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We see in verse, I'm just going to read 19 to 25. Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Come on, we got to hold fast to the confession of our hope and faith. Without wavering. Come on, no more wavering. We're going to be faithful to the end. For he who has promised is faithful. Amen. He's faithful. He'll never let us down. He never changes. He's always the same. And then in verse 24, it says, And let us consider how to stimulate or how to stir one another to love and good deeds. Verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. I, I feel a huge urgency on this. The, heater of, the, the reader of, or the writer of Hebrews wrote this with a sense of urgency. Shortly after Jesus ascending, knowing that the clock began to tick of his promise of coming back, whatever that, that doctrine is out there now saying that Jesus has already turned as a doctrine of devils. He is coming back for a bride. He's coming back for a pure spotless bride. And it's important that we get ready and make ourselves ready for that. But in the middle of that, as God, in the middle of this, in the, as the Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews is writing this, he's writing it with a deep sense of urgency, knowing, yes, Jesus just ascended to heaven, and there's a promise of him coming back, and when there was that kind of urgency, how much so more now, some 2,500 years later, should we carry this sense of urgency? If he said with a sense of urgency, do not forsake the coming together as the habit of some. Don't forsake uh, stimulating one another or stirring one another up to good deeds. Don't forsake doing that. It's so important, especially as the day is drawing near. How important is it now if it was that important then? We know riddled through the New Testament, there is this type of talk of the end times of God coming and getting his bride. And there's talk about stimulating and stirring one another and encouraging one another and fighting the good fight together and not giving up and helping and being honest with one another. This is riddled through there because they knew that Jesus come, his return was imminent at any moment. And if there was urgency then, how much urgency is there now that we desperately need to not forsake deep fellowship and deep relationship like never before? 
for. I'm telling you, as the days grow darker and they grow colder, and I'm telling you, as the enemy continues his all-out assault, what is going to help the fire burn, what's going to help not even the elect to fall away is deep koinonia, deep fellowship with one another. I'm telling you, if you have a brother, amen. If you have a brother in your life, listen, we need accountability in our life. We need accountability deep in our life. That's what part of this relationship is about is having accountability it's iron sharpening iron with one another it's helping to it's helping in love to point out faults to point out things that we might that might help deter us or cause us to stumble or to fall it brothers help us walk in a level of holiness they help keep us pure they help us walk right before the lord yes it's our responsibility and we have a responsibility to it but brothers help that that's why we need to invite them deep into the intimate parts of our life We need encouragement in this hour. Paul encouraged Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.6. He said what? Fan into flame the gift that is on the inside of you. Paul, as a father and as a brother, said, Look, Timothy, I know that you're, you're, you, might be struggling with some, you might be struggling with some unbelief and there might be some issues that in your heart right now, but I want to encourage you to fan into flame the gift that is on the inside of you. Don't let that thing die down, but continually steward that. You have a responsibility to share the things of the Lord, and I want to encourage you, you cannot let the fire go out in your life. Accountability is key for the fire. Having people that can walk with us and, and share things with us and help us. And so quickly, some of the hindrances to fellowship, to deep friendship is offense. Isolation. Individualism. Being individual. Just wanting to be by yourself and, and I can handle this on my own and I'm, 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 I'm okay by myself. Being an individual without coming together in family is, is a hindrance to biblical fellowship. Even the way we talk to others is a hindrance to deep fellowship in family. James warned about our speech and our words and how we communicate to one another. But offense is, is one of the tools that the enemy tries to use to isolate us, to keep us disconnected from one another, to, to, to keep us from deep fellowship. I'm telling you, it's relationship that produces generosity towards one another is the antidote to offense. Generosity towards one another, giving to one another, even in the midst of maybe somebody did something that we didn't potentially like. When we are generous and are serving them and loving them anyways in spite of, I'm telling you, it will begin to fight the offense in your heart. I remember one time, when I, I remember one time four or five years ago when I was up in Pensacola, I was struggling just with that, with offense in my heart. And I remember that the Lord told me, he said, I want you to, Jess and I were married, she was at work, it was about a 35-minute drive to her work, and the Lord said, I want you to go by the store, and I want you to buy flowers and candy and a card, and I want you to, I want you to drive over to Jess, and I want you to give her those, those cards, candy, and flowers, and I wasn't offended with her, by the way, not that that hasn't happened, but we have. <laughs> Thank God I've never been on the couch, though, amen. <laughs> she loves me too much. <laughs> Oh, I'm thankful for her. Um, you know, anyways, so I got her cards, candy, and flowers. 
and I was driving on my way to meet her. And on the way, I was just beaming as I was thinking about the excitement and how I would come into her office and I was going to scare her, but not scare her, you know, like with excitement. She always, she smiles real big and gets excited really easily. So I was, I knew it wouldn't take a whole lot, but I was excited to do this anyways. So I was just dreaming up in my mind and focusing on how I was going to do this for her and surprise her and make her excited. And I realized after about an hour and a half, this was after I'd surprised her and the excitement, I was on my way back. I realized that that offense that I was struggling in my heart was gone. Why? Because I concentrated on serving her and giving her and generosity and doing something for her and serving her and giving that it completely removed the thought from my mind. God took the distraction off of the things that, of this world and the things that really don't matter and put it on the eternal things, serving my wife and loving my wife. And I'm telling you, that's the key to the fire of God being stewarded in our heart. We've got to handle offense better in the body of Christ. And what offense does is it creates isolation. So what we do is we go isolate ourselves, we get away from one another, we hide from one another, we avoid one another, and then there's really never no chance for deep, intimate relationship. We see in Scripture, if this is our word and our guide, and this is what we got to live by, we see in the book of Acts in New Testament Christianity that yes, they dealt with offense and they dealt with issues, but they did not allow them to detour and stop them from biblical fellowship. Why? Why? Because Jesus is the common thread. Why? Because Jesus is alive in their heart. Why? Because it's not about us, it's about Him. It's not about how we feel or what we think, it's about Him. He deserves the glory, He deserves the honor, He deserves our sacrifice, He deserves our faithfulness. See, fellowship is about taking things off the pressure and the cares of ourself and begin to think about others. To serve others, to love others, to give to others, to, to no longer, it, it's, about, it's about slowly diminishing our desires and our wants and our thoughts and begin to think big about others and how we can love and how we can serve and how, and how what God has given us through revelation, through study, through prayer, how can we share that with somebody else? What if we begin to live like that daily? I can't wait to get into my word to encounter the Lord and to know Him, but just because I love Him and He deserves it, but also, so God, I want to encounter you in power so I can share it with somebody else to see their heart begin to burn with fire what if we lived in that place in our heart with that type of responsibility accountability is important we want to fight against offense and isolation we want to make sure that we talk to each other in love see divine fellowship is cultivated through supernatural forbearance Divine friendship and fellowships cultivated through us having forbearance with one another, patience with one another, long-suffering with one another. That we are, when our brother offends us or hurts us or they're, they're just maybe not making it like we think they should or there's a slower pace or whatever in between that we have forbearance with them, that we're patient with them that we're willing to take the time to say this brother's worth us walking this out with this life this individual Jesus is on the inside of them and I see that in them and I see the eternal the eternal in them and I want to invest in that and if we would begin to look at ourselves like that and then the book of Philemon go there just real quick and I'm gonna me and Jess were um debating on how to pronounce this I was calling it Philemon 
like Pokemon or... (laughs) (laughs) I was going to record myself and send it to Barry and Jeremiah, and I didn't. I should (laughs) have. I was uh, in there practicing in my kitchen saying, Philemon, Philemon, Philemon. (laughs) Help us, Lord. (laughs) So this this particular letter, I just love it. I'm not going to read it all, and I want to just close with this. This is a letter, I believe, that demonstrates what I'm talking about today with biblical friendship, fellowship, forbearance. All right, hallelujah, the alarms are going off. All right, That, that means, Derek, it's time to be quiet. That's right. Whoa, is he? That's right, he is here. Trump's here. Hallelujah. Um, so we see, this, we see this letter. It begins in verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ, Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, <laughs> our beloved brother, fellow worker, and to Aphia, our sister, and to Agrippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in our house. This letter's starting out intimate. He's greeting his brother here, but he's also greeting his wife, and he's greeting his son. And he's saying, I love you guys. I remember when I was with you, we believe, many theologians believe he was probably saved in Ephesus by Paul's ministry. And he, and there was this deep, intimate bond and fellowship that was connected with him and Paul. And Paul's saying, look, I miss you guys. I remember. Tell your family. I said, hello. There's this deep connecting. And then I, I love this ver- verse 7. It says, for I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love because the hearts of the saints have been, what, refreshed through you, brother. And then verse 20, he says, yes, brother, let me benefit from you, what, in the Lord, refresh my heart in Christ. This is biblical friendship, this is biblical fellowship, that we should refresh each other's heart in Christ. That we should should come and that we should be able to stir one another up and refresh one another. That we would have this deep affection in here. Even, Even in one translation, he calls him beloved. He calls him his beloved. In my translation, he says it actually. He says, Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker. This is an intimate connection here, calling him beloved. There's a deep, intimate, personal relationship that they had with one another and deep fellowship. And just throughout this letter, and then you see he begins to talk about Onesimus, this, the slave of this brother who had ran away and has, had been with Paul, and Paul's now sending him back. And there's just this letter about love and relationship, and there's this letter about forgiveness, and there's this letter about endearing to one another and loving one another. And it's just filled. I just We don't preach from this much, but I was just really excited to read through this particular chapter and just see the heart of Paul and the heart of Jesus throughout this, this particular text. I just want to encourage us maybe this week to even go and just read through this. Just something begin to come alive even deeper in my heart for this deep desire to have fellowship and connect and connecting with my brothers in a deeper way. And just in closing today, I just I want to I want to give a, just a disclaimer. I I have a lot of growing in this area myself to do. I I want to do better and I want to connect better not with just brothers in my own life as far as age group and things but older brothers in Christ where I can really begin to just learn and begin to sit and listen and not talk so much and just hear and observe and really be guided through and allow the Lord to really begin to do deep intimate work on my life on my marriage on in the future when I'm able to have children and be blessed with that I want to I want God to begin to knit my heart together and I'm telling you I felt the Lord this week say Derek the key to your fire to continually burn 
the key for there not being a repeat is that you stay in deep fellowship with your brothers, is that you stay in deep, intimate fellowship. I mean, not just, hey, how are you doing? Let's watch the game, but where we come together around the things of the Lord, where we come around the cross, we come around the blood, we come around the resurrection, we come around the fact that he's coming again for his pure and spotless bride. We come around the holiness and the beauty and the majesty of his name. We come around his word. We come around prayer and intercession together. And not just words, not just, not just another message, but a, a call. I believe this is a call today to our community to deeper fellowship, deeper intimacy, deeper friendships than we've ever had before. Because I'm telling you, firebrands are coming. Firebrands are coming, and they're going to burn hot, and they're going to burn bright, and they're going to be arrows in the hand of the Lord. They're going to be weapons in the hands of the Lord. And, and, and I'm telling you, God is getting this community ready. God is getting this community ready to begin to bring them in in deep love and deep relationship and deep fellowship. We're going to model it for them. And we are modeling it, but in a deeper way. Can we stand? If we can just grab our neighbor's hand. I don't feel called to do a necessarily an altar call unless Jeremiah feels something today or um, but I, I just want to pray for us, and I'm going to turn it over to Jeremiah. Father, I just thank you today for this family and this community. God, I, I thank you, Lord, for the demonstration that we had even earlier, Lord. God, that we were practicing fellowship, loving, encouraging one another. God, as Jeremiah said, that it's, you know, the preacher is not the only one that can pray, not the only one that can see the sick healed and see people encouraged and equipped, Lord, that we all have a responsibility. Father, I pray that this would be a supernatural day of connecting of hearts. God, I pray even after this service, Lord, that there would be people that have never been connected would start to be fours in the fire of your word, God. They would be fours in the fire of fellowship, Lord. I, I'm asking today, Lord, that you would begin to speak specifically to people, Lord, the young and the old alike, Father, and that there would be a connecting of hearts like never before, that there would be a fire that would begin to burn for you like never before, that there would be a fresh zeal and passion of the Lord. Father, I pray today for every heart here. I thank you for every husband, every wife, every son, every daughter, Lord. I ask for encouragement today. God, I ask for encouragement. Breathe fresh on every heart, God. Kindle afresh the gift on the inside of every brother and every sister. Put a weight of responsibility on every person today, God. Stir up the Holy Spirit and fire on the inside of every one of us today, God. Lord, I thank you for this family, I thank you for this community, and I thank you for what you're going to do moving forward. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.